Hello everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Rugby League Back Chat. We are, as you will have already noticed, in new surroundings. We have unfortunately fallen foul of the coronavirus. We're not in quarantine though, we've just simply moved to somewhere where we're allowed to do it. That is League Express headquarters and that's where we are today. The show will go on with Earl Crabtree, Huddersfield Giants. Favourite, bit of a Super League legend as well, I suppose. He'll, he'll take, I'll take that. that. Head of uh, the match officials at the RFL, Steve Ganton, and head of the RLPA, Gareth Carvel. Chaps, thanks for coming. There's only one week, one place we can start, really, isn't there? Um, uh, what are we going to do for the next two weeks? <laughs> that is the question. Um, it's all up in the air, isn't it? Literally, it's, uh, it's a tough period for all of us, but not just in rugby league, I think, uh, for everyone trying to get through at the moment. It's uh, a difficult, difficult time. and there's, I think we have to be uh, real about the situation as well. It's a scary time in that sense, but rugby league is probably uh, in the back of our minds because we miss that as a hobby, as something we're passionate about, but this goes beyond rugby league. It's uh, a worrying, worrying time. Steve, without trying to... you know. I'll, I think one thing that's probably happened throughout this is we've had a lot of doom doomsayers and a lot of fearful things said. Let's try and get to the bottom of it, what the actual impact is going to be. Do we know for certain exactly how this is going to impact rugby league? Can we make a prediction right here, right now and say X, Y and Z will happen or are we all a little bit in the unknown? Well, it's not going to make it stronger. No. That's for sure. Um, I think over the coming months there's going to be challenges for for everyone involved in the game um, and it's going to be you know really tough I would imagine and you know as as people have said rugby league's been tough and resilient for 125 years I think now it's going to be um, going to be really put to the test but as Earl's just said it, it's not it's not just rugby league it's it's life in general um, it's other sports and it's um, you know people's people's lives so you know it, it's far it's far bigger and uh, it, it's tough for everybody Gareth, you uh, you spoke to players, no doubt. How are a? How are they at the minute? What's the general feeling? But b, how were they knowing that they would have to play last week when effectively the rest of sport was in lockdown? Well, it, it's a funny one that because the government guidance wasn't to close any sporting mm-hmm. venue, anything down. The FA decided on their own they were going to do that. They went ahead and did it, and everyone just followed suit. So the RFL actually just did exactly what the government was saying so relating that back to the players everyone was absolutely fine you know mm-hmm. the supporters were fine everyone mm-hmm. playing the game was 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 on board with that obviously that's changed daily um things have come sort of <laughs> around pretty quickly and i think the 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 super league i think that'll be absolutely fine mm-hmm. you know especially with the club me and Earl were talking earlier about uh, the clubs with backers you know the 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 money men um i think the problem's going to be you know, championship, championship one, especially those clubs that that we know are struggling. They, they you know, they. I'm not going to say any any clubs' names, but you know, they live live hand to mouth. Mm-hmm. Each month, the gates for that those particular games pay the players' wages, pay the rent, pay everything else. So they're the clubs that are going to really, really struggle now. Mm-hmm. We've we've done it before with the RLPA, where we've gone in, albeit in different circumstances because of. Uh, a mistake by the previous board or whatever and, and, and they're spending too much money. Spending too much money, they're going to go under. Mm-hmm. So we could, you know, there's an option there to work with the RFL and everyone else to to go in there and negotiate something that will allow these clubs to, to survive because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the way the way, the way I see it, if I'd rather have 80% of my wage than 
No percent. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if these clubs go under, that's that's in real danger. You know. So early days, obviously. You know, this is going to develop day on day, probably hour by hour, really. Mm. But what what sort of things could you try and negotiate that would mean it was good for the clubs? Good for the players. I think it all comes down to money. It's, mm-hmm. it's as simple as that. You know, that's 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 what's going to see the game either survive or not, um, and these clubs survive or not. So mm-hmm. that that's what it would have to be. Now going into those clubs and saying to the players, boys, you're going to have to can your wage this month or, or whatever is not going to work. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't just go in and say that. The way the way I'd approach it would be um, that perhaps this month there's not going to be any gates. So we need to make a few cuts. Mm-hmm. The games, according to the RFL, are going to be played around August when the cups are on and everything like that. So those mm-hmm. gates are going to be there rather than here at the yeah. moment. So there'll be money there. Can we defer it? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and 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 pay extra there. Or if if you were to go across the board, give the boys a carrot. You know, we me and Steve were talking a little bit earlier about clubs have a sort of a, an idea where they're going to finish to do mm-hmm. their budget on that so say they're going to finish fifth the boys will say right we're going to take 10 percent of your wage but if you finish third you're going to have it back yeah you know the, the, things like that it's always a compromise the players have got to buy into it you mm-hmm. know at the end of the day it's no one's fault it's something that's come sort of out of the blue really mm-hmm. a bit of a shock to everyone and it's affecting a lot of people and it will continue mm-hmm. to do that so it's it's it, it's trying to do the best as a whole rather than us and them or you know we've, we've got to look after the game mm-hmm. as a whole and, and and sort of have a have a longer term view as well the thing is Earl, it's not just match revenue is it it's not gate receipts you'll know from your role at Huddersfield in the commercial department it's going to affect the amount of money that you're going to simply lose on that yeah, we're not really reliant so much on gate receipts because the season ticket holders, majority mm. of, so yeah. walk-up isn't massively high. Mm. Um, I think where we lose our money is uh, is in different areas, whether it be commercial sponsorships especially. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got your main sponsors in the middle of the shirt, all over the shirts, and then you've got the box holders. We've got 26 box holders who spend quite a bit of money to come and watch Rugby League. Mm-hmm. Now, questions will be asked by these sponsorships, you know, these sponsors who want to know what they're getting back for the money, especially in this sort of turbulent time now where they want to save money because obviously battening down the hatches and mm-hmm. lockdown isolation these are words that are being used and they these do scare businesses as much yeah. as anything else mm-hmm. a lot of businesses are going to go out of business through this mm-hmm. so now question marks will be asked about where we actually spend our money so this is a very very tough time for businesses sponsors and uh, you know these other things like lotteries we, mm-hmm. you know rugby league and ourselves we make a lot more money out of in revenue through lotteries so now suddenly Mm -hmm. those questions are asked are they going to want to spend the extra two pound per week or whatever it is on (laughs) lotteries Mm -hmm. it's all these things but it's the ongoing side of that as well we've got a catering company within the stadium who will buy locally off jones's pies for instance suddenly they're not getting they're Mm -hmm. not buying pies not selling anything so jones's pies then the ingredients company who they use it's a massive knock-on effect Mm -hmm. is this which is going to affect absolutely everybody we're relying on Sky Money as well. I mm-hmm. think that is obviously the biggest one. Got a lot of wages to fill at mm-hmm. the moment. Uh, as a club, that puts you in a really, really tough position. And then obviously mm-hmm. our jobs as well. So there's a lot of question marks. Mm-hmm. This is very early days at the moment. Hopefully we'll be supported. Hopefully we can get the right advice. But I think it is support that we all need. Mm-hmm. Um, 
especially financially. You mentioned uh, Sky. It rugby league or Super League was Super Sunday, wasn't it this this week? Because they had some holes to mm, fill. Good. There was a suggestion that Super League may carry on, play behind <laughs> closed doors, because they put a proposal to Sky that we will keep playing. You give us some money and and so on. Steve, you know, would that have worked? Could that have worked? I guess the government are going to take that out of our hands at this point as a sport. Would it would it have been a good idea? I think you've answered it. I think. Rugby League of, um, you know, if you look at it, um, they've had a great relationship with Sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sky has been uh, been brilliant for Rugby League over the years, and I think Rugby League did follow the advice of the government, as, as Gareth said, for as far as it could, mm-hmm. and it supported its its um, its contracts with the broadcaster as such, mm-hmm. and um, went out there on Sunday, but. Unfortunately for the sport and for Sky and Rugby League, it, it was taken, mm-hmm. it, that that option was taken mm-hmm. away. So whether it had worked or not, you, you'd, you'd have to say of all people that love Rugby League and, and it being on on Sunday afternoon, absolutely, you'd have said it would have been, it would have been really good. I think the sport, everybody in the sport accepts that the relationship with Sky mm-hmm. uh, and the way that Sky supported Rugby League uh, and hopefully continues to support rugby league in the future is paramount to all of us mm-hmm. within within the game. Right, I'm going to open the discussion up then. We have got a logistical problem. We have fixtures to play. We've got an Ashes series that's two weeks after the grand final. What do we do, gents? How do we play these games? I'm opening the floor up to all three well, of you. My my initial thought, <coughs> and this doesn't go on revenue and gates that I spoke about before, was uh, within Super League and and, and what have you. Cancel the loop fixtures. Um, make sure that everyone just plays each other once, um, and that would cut sort of the backlog. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's just going to be so difficult to, to squeeze the the games in the the floods and everything that happened earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. The, you know the RFL are struggling to get those those games played. So to get another month or or beyond to get those crammed into the season when, from my point of view, the players play too many games anyway. Mm-hmm. Having them so close together, you know, the Magic Weekend, uh, sorry, the, the Bank Holiday Weekends, I think are just absolutely shocking for, for the game, for the players. So trying to cram all these games in, mm-hmm. it's going to be really difficult. I think it'll have a detrimental effect, to be honest. I think it'll, it'll take the quality of the games down. I don't know what you think, boys. Totally agree. I've had, well, for me, Magic Weekend goes, Challenge Cup goes. Um, unfortunately, it's just it's the way it is for me. Loot fixtures go and we try and drag the season out into a shorter season, but later on as possible. I think it's the only way for me how we can actually sort of deal with it, yeah. if we can deal with it. And that way you possibly could get as many games as you can. I think as soon as we can jump back on the season, we do, um, even if it's not played out till it's full. Um, I think it's important to get it back rolling, get back into playing as soon as we possibly can for, for the game. The longer we have this gap, the longer or the harder it's going to be to continue with uh, the sport as it is. Um, I'd love to see us to get back on track as soon as we possibly can. I think that's what we've got to aim for. And uh, then we can start that ball rolling and it ends when it ends. It begins when it begins, it ends when it ends, and then we start all over again. And so mm-hmm. I think that's probably well, the easiest way. That's an interesting one, one about, about the Challenge Cup. I've never never thought of sort of cancelling the Challenge Cup. Mm-hmm. Something that, that, that's been around forever and it's something I'm really keen on but actually it makes sense to to do that you know we're in the early stages mm-hmm. so far uh, it's not going to be well it will be a massive loss with crowds and everything like that and it will be a massive loss because the challenge got what we play but in terms of getting the season back going i think mm-hmm. that's a, that's probably a, you know it's it's one of the better options 
what what would it do to the for you trying to schedule referees if if we've got a backlog? It's um it's difficult, <laughs> um, but we'll do it. Mm -hmm. We'll do what we have to do. But you know the governing body, um, the RFL, I know, uh, working constantly at um, formats, mm -hmm. suggestions, mm -hmm. um, structures. How how's best for the again? How how is how do the sport come out of this in the very, very best possible way? And I use the word the sport. Mm -hmm. So, and I know that people who I work with uh, throughout all of last weekend and the weeks leading up to it, mm -hmm. I've been working, although things only kind of reached ahead yesterday, mm -hmm. it's not been like that. People have been working very, very closely, all kinds, mm -hmm. you know, of uh, alternatives, alternative provisions, uh, as you say, Challenge Cup, Challenge Cup's iconic for rugby league. BBC, it's our, you know, real chance national opportunity for our sport. Mm -hmm. I would suggest that our sport we're going to need this more than ever, mm -hmm. you know, to create opportunities going forward. So, I think at the moment, it, it, like you say, people have just got a couple of weeks now. We're we're in a little bit of a state of limbo. But I'm sure Ralph Rimmer and Robert Elston and Super League and the Players Union and every, the clubs, I'll all be working together for ultimately, it, it creates an opportunity as well to galvanise something for everybody. And I know for a fact the, the, the Rugby Football League are working tireless with every single opportunity to fulfil all, all obligations to everyone that's our you know, our stakeholders, our fans, our players, our match officials to try to get um, to get the season in a good position. What would we do? We can't really delay. We can't move back the seat. We could cancel the Ashes. I know some people have yeah. said that and play play on. But you've still got a World Cup in 2021 that, again, starts two weeks after the grand final. It's not that's not it's not an option, is it? Just to move everything back and then move twenty twenty one back as well, because then you overlap into a World Cup. Or do we get rid of the World Cup? Can we afford oh, do to do we start that? the season earlier? Uh, later, sorry. But if you March, start it, if you start it later, the then you've got the overlap with the World Cup. Or do you just the, cut the season the loops, down? Yeah. That's for me. That's that's what you do. You have to shorten the number of games. The 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 games played over in Australia. You know, they, they, there's a reason they, they look better. They have a huge pre-season. They look like athletes. You know, I think they have a six-month pre-season yeah. or something. <laughs> you know, and, and, and they can get operations that they need, medical advice, train till, you know, they, they don't want to train anymore, probably most of them anyway. Um, so it's, 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 it's that sort of thing, moving the season forward. If this season has to be moved forward, the next one does, but you take the loops out. Interesting. And I don't really... What do we do in the meantime? I guess these two weeks we've got to use it as as well as we can as a sport to to find these solutions, haven't we, Steve? Well, again, as a, as I've said, I think a, a lot of people are actually spending hours uh, communicating and and looking at the very very best way that the competition and uh, can can be fulfilled. Um, and I think that's the position at the moment, but. As we're all saying, things are changing. Like yesterday, the Grand National's taking place. This morning, it's not. Yeah. You know, the Grand National is probably one of the most iconic sports events in, in all of the UK. The Euro's going as well. You yeah. know, imagine, Earl, Earl alluded to uh, sponsorship and other, imagine the money 
um, and opportunities being lost from, from the Grand National. We'll talk about it after. We are going to have to have a quick break after that break. More COVID-19 talk plus much, much more. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We're going to jump straight back in to the coronavirus talk and the financial implications. Earl, you were just going to make a point on two of the Yorkshire and what's happened there as well. Yeah, just reading um, some of the bits about the income and it's the economy, which is the biggest issue here. It's, again, we talk about rugby league, but the bigger picture is, is, is a lot bigger than just the sport or any mm -hmm. sport. Um, to, to the Yorkshire coming to this area yet again was set to bring about £60 million of revenue to this area. And this is the issue. Suddenly this massive knock-on effect. We're talking about the Grand National. And it's all the little bits that come along that we're talking. Yeah, obviously gate receipts, but food, drink, hotels, sponsorships, mm. all these things bring in so much money to the local areas. This is far beyond just a sport being able to maintain itself. It goes further and further. The knock-on effect to this could be catastrophic. How long do you think clubs can afford for the game not to be played because at the minute we're talking April 3rd I think the general belief is that will be extended mm. how long simply can we afford before clubs go up the wall I think there's different teams and different yeah. clubs that are in different positions and mm. some with um, backers which could um, remain keep them stable for a, a lengthier amount of time but with players wages as high as what they are as well um, I think it's going to be very difficult for certain teams to be able to maintain that for do you know what even maybe a month or so I think there's some people are going to find themselves in a really tough position Cavs might be able to tell us a little bit more yeah I think I think these these there are some clubs that actually pay players just to play, they're going to be fine, you know. And they're, mm. they're you're talking sort of National League One and mm. you know a couple of Championship players are in the same boat. Um, but you know, as I alluded to before, it's it's going to be really difficult not getting the gates in. Mm. Um, we spoke about sponsorship and people. Are, I think that's all well and good. Everyone sort of understands that. And people that generally sponsor the rugby teams support them, mm -hmm. you know. So they're not going to. Oh, I, 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 you've breached my contract and all that sort of thing. I think the the, the big thing is the championship and champ one clubs, they're going to really sort of struggle with, with the day-to-day -day running, mm -hmm. running of things. What what we could do is get Earl to give a little bit of his testimonial money back <laughs> and that could that could support probably National League quite, One. Uh, I, I give most of that away in divorce, I'll be yeah, honest oh, with well, you. Yeah, there you go, yeah, silly <laughs> you. But no, but that, that's... That, not kidding. That's, <laughs> I'm, giving more, I'm giving more houses away than Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about that. I've took it off, I've took it off track. I've took it off track. You threw that one on. Sorry, 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 sorry. So well, no. If things aren't bad enough, you had to bring up that. Well, it's doomsday, it's doomsday. Might not get it but it, but it is it is about the bigger picture, you know. We've, we've said that before. It's, my wife, she's got a, a heart condition, um, 
I get it, the kids get it, pass it on. She's in big trouble, you know. So, yeah, it'd be, it, you know, talking rugby league and, and, and how bad it is for the sport and the impact on things. But, like I was saying before, you know, the, the, the bigger picture is, is, is lives are at risk and, mm. you know, lives are going to be affected in this. Are, are players in quarantine now? Generally, yeah, some because, of them are. I think, yeah. the, I think there's four Toronto players that have gone yeah. um, into quarantine, but I think I think they're just like me and you. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's just a case of if you've got the symptoms, they go, they're going into quarantine. Um, whether they could put them all on an island and just play play all the games there. That's what they were talking that. about in the NRL, wasn't it? Go to New Zealand and play them all yeah, in just, just one venue. Yeah. So, well, I think they're looking, again, they were looking at moving up um, above Brisbane. Mm. And um, moving every team up there, and I think they were talking in excess of a thousand people, which would include all the teams and the and the support staff. Um, but I think as they've looked at that, they've realised that that's that's not practical either. No. Just, like cut, just cut the grass at Odsall. No one's been there for a few months. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there's going to be no corona, and then just just quarantine yeah. them all in Odsall for yeah, yeah. for a month, and we can keep playing. Guys. I don't think we get the Queensland weather. Well, there is a <laughs> like the Simpsons episode where the the big glass yeah, bubble goes the movie, over. Yeah. 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 Dome over Odso. One of the important parts is as well. I think for everybody is um, Gareth mentions his own wife. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of like personal stories. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are are very anxious. I imagine players are anxious about their own families, yeah. coaches, mm -hmm. referees, administrators, journalists. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. Uh, you know around the country depending on. Uh, your character. Uh, there's a lot of very, very, very anxious people as well, uh, and that all goes into the mix when, you know, decisions are being made about about uh, staffing and and where you go. You know, it's it's really important. It, it does affect everyone. You know, from the media perspective, there are freelance national reporters out there who aren't going to have anything to write about. So yeah. what mm -hmm. what do they do? You like you said, you don't really realise the impact until you see the knock on of the being of everything that goes with it. So you'd it be is, lost without the refs. No, well, well, we're going to talk about some content. But what's what's what you know? How would we survive? You <laughs> can't wait to get into that later on. You, you know, the rest must be a a, a concerning one. I mean, you, you aren't blessed with a lot of refs mm. anyway. If one went down, well, don't forget we're talking about the players. The, off. Um, the refs are in the same. We've mm. got plenty of um, part-time officials mm -hmm. who give up the time and get paid. Yeah. There's going to be no games to referee, so ultimately they ain't going to get paid out there. And then we employ a full-time squad, mm -hmm. so much like a team, we've got to look after our people and we will. Um, so there's a lot of, all that goes into it as well mm -hmm. for the RFL. So, the, you know, even the match officials have got a, a fair amount of concern as well. Some of them, it's their, their jobs also. Mm -hmm. So we're all, you know... Um, Relatively anxious, I would suggest. I noticed you didn't deny uh, Gareth's claims that you might get the boots mm. dusted off. Uh, yeah, you never know. <laughs> depends where. Depends what the game. Everyone will be quaking in the boots. Soon comes the boots again. <laughs> yeah. I think for oh a few, God, a few yeah. weeks later. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, talk about something more cheery. Lee Radford's been sacked. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, great news that. Yeah. Uh, on a serious note, Gareth, you you'll know him better than the yeah. most people. Um, I guess first and foremost, before we talk about the way it was done, what what's your take on that decision? You know, six rounds in, seven rounds in. To, to I think cut him? so. Adam Adam Pearson has not got the luxury of of having sort of a lot of directors and and people around him to talk him down. So when he gets irate, he's seen his team 
get hammered, and they did. Mm. They got they got hammered, and there's, there was no excuse for it. He sees that he right, the coach is getting it, and there's no one to sort of grab me and say, "Hang on a minute, let's let's just go have a cup of tea and 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 or a pint mm. or whatever. Let's talk about it. We can talk about it tomorrow, and then if if we're still thinking the same on Monday, we'll go with that." Everyone else has. So mm. the owners have got the final say, but they've got advisors almost, and, and Adam Pearson unfortunately hasn't. I think the way it was done, um, in my view, was a bit disrespectful. I thought, you know, from from what Lee's done at Hull FC, you know, the double challenge cups and, and, and the way they've performed, really, they're a great team to watch. Um, you know, I thought it was, it, it could have been done a little bit better. Sports like that, you know, coaches are always going to get sacked. And, and after speaking to Lee, he's he's fine with it. You know, it's the team the, weren't performing, and that's that's the, the funny that's thing it. is knowing Lee, he's probably not bothered that it was done. Well, like I think that, I is think he? he owns half of East Hull anyway, does Lee? So it's you know he's got a golf course, about yeah. three pubs, restaurants, yeah. bars. So you know, so he's 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 all right in that respect. But you know, from from a professional point of view, I know that. He absolutely loved coaching. That's that's his thing. There's 12 jobs in Super League at that level. Now, there's only sort of Chris Chester and Brian McDermott that I can think of, British coaches that have left somewhere and bounced back. You know, Paul Anderson at Huddersfield. I mean, you can go back to Tony Smith at Wakefield. I think he's coaching Cast 16s now. You know, so they have to almost find their way back from the bottom up to the top again. So I'm hoping that that doesn't, doesn't happen for Lee if he wants to get back into the game, but I think for the moment, you know, he's he's he's, he's sort of happy just to let things lie and and have a think about the future. Surely, Steve, it was preempted. Adam must have known to go on Sky that quick and to make the call that quick after the game. He must have felt that that decision was closing in way before the start of that Warrington game. I think I think Gareth said, you, you know. I'll, I would imagine in clubs that they they have football meetings and, and regular discussions, particularly around um, your owner of your club and and the head coach. So I would imagine knowing knowing Lee and, and Adam as well that there've been plenty of discussions over coming weeks, uh, over the last few weeks, and maybe even the end of the season. And Hull have obviously spent a lot of money in the off season and brought in players. And imagine Lee's been heavily involved in all of that with Adam. So. You know, unless you you're actually in the club and you're in into the you know the finer inner workings of it, I, I'd I'd be very surprised if both Lee and Adam had, had you know neither of them have had some no, serious conversations nice. over the weeks leading into it. Um, you know, I think Adam said somewhere it was just that you know post game the t the cameras are there. Um, it has taken place, and he's asked a he's asked a question and. You know, and he, and he give the answer, and then people, you know, then decide how to, how to take that, you know, whichever way they, you know, they take that on. Um, I spoke to Lee and 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 back up what um, Gareth said. I think Lee's Lee's been fabulous. He's he's um, he's been a good a good coach in Super League. I don't think people forget that. You mentioned some coaches who've who've gone and not got back in. Well. There's, you know, Lee, like Brian McDermott's proved that he, he can coach teams at the highest level. He's, mm -hmm. His character is exemplary. He took the referees. He, he, you know, I, I can't think of occasions where Lee Radford's just used the referees as a reason why his team uh, wins and loses. He's always acted with a, a fair degree of dignity. And I, um, I think, 
you know, Lee will be will be back in the game pretty quick. Here's a question, Earl. This is what I don't get about this decision. He was off contract in the last year and they gave him a new deal. Mm-hmm. They gave him a new deal and they let him effectively rebuild the team because they had a huge amount of players off. They let him do the, re- not him do the recruitment alone, but it it's is his team. It is his team. Mm. And he's made the calls on these players. Mm. They've then got rid of him after seven games, having spent all this money. If they weren't convinced by Lee Radford, why wait till he's spent your salary cap and then get rid of him rather than, if you're not sure, get someone new in and let them rebuild the team? That's the thing that I don't quite understand about this. It's a, it's a strange one for me as well. So I thought he was at the probably the end of his life as a um, coach for Hull FC anyway. I thought he was really pushing the, the length of time that he's been there. I don't think, I think the average year, year, amount of years is about five years at Hull yeah. anyway. Tops, he's been, yeah. yeah, he's been really successful in what he's done. He deserves a lot of respect for what he's done, but I thought it probably was the end of his time in that sense. But then to give him the opportunity to then... Uh, buy all these players in. Um, I think they've been unlucky with a few injuries. I think it goes beyond just purchasing these players. I, it was it was time in my eyes, mm. um, but he deserves a little bit more respect in the way that it was delivered in that sense. Uh, for me, I can only take it on face value of what I saw. Um, Adam Pearson obviously calls it on air, which just is, is disgusting. It's horrible to see and deserves a lot more respect than that. But I know for sure this conversation's gone behind closed doors already. I don't think that's just literally yeah. just a snap judgment call at that moment in time. I believe it goes far beyond that. Face value, it looks horrible, it is horrible. But um, this is rugby league as well. This mm. is something we seem to do in this sport is we do so much right, but we do quite a lot wrong as well. And we pretend to be so professional at times, but we don't deal with things in the best way and this is one of those situations in my eyes there's another way that you know again um obviously um adam if you spoke to adam he may say well look i've got so much time for lee that we did give him we we had a, a time where we give him the opportunity i did not want this to happen so we give him the opportunity to recruit to start to have an off season but is that sensible if, you, if you're having those doubts. Well, I think Adam Pearson's openly yeah. in the past has been very supportive of uh, uh, Lee Radford. Well, he said before, publicly, he, he's always, he's, he said in the past, he will always be the head coach of yeah. Pulisic while I'm here, didn't he? And That's then he po- potentially it. may regret saying saying that at times because it then, in opportunities it. like this. But at the time, you can, you can be in love with your wife. As you were on about the divorce, you can be in love with your wife, won't you? You might be Why divorcing her the next. <laughs> so She's the point, the point of the whole matter is, is I think Adam in the past to be fair to him, I think he showed um, late and vice versa yeah. uh, a fair amount of yeah. Uh, yeah. good partnership and and togetherness, no, and, I, I, and sometimes it reaches the end. I totally, I totally agree with you. I think we forget just how much support Lee's, mm-hmm. Lee's received from, from Adam Pearson. We talk about the amount of money he puts in as well. But has it, but the, the point I'm trying to make, Gareth, has it not somewhat backfired? Because whoever he brings in now, yeah. he's got a talented team, no one will doubt that, but it's not yeah. going to be their team. And Earl, you'll know from when Paul Anderson left, he brought players in near the end of his tenure. Rick Stone came in, didn't rate those players at all, and it caused a yeah. mighty well, salary. There's another opportunity, though, here. And I, I hear this in rugby league, and where Earl says you... you um, you know, rugby league shoots itself in the foot. Well, I'm sure, again, you talk Adam Pearson. Hmm. If he's going down a process now of due diligence, which he claims he is looking for a new coach, the first thing you do in your interview, surely, is say to the coach, this is the team. True. 
There's no more money coming in this year. You tell me what you can do with this team and what you're doing wrong. You don't hire a coach and then the coach in three months' time says, I didn't want these players because you shouldn't have hired them in the first place. There's always going to be a rebuilding phase. Every coach wants their players in. So, you know, it happens whenever a coach goes in. I think it got to the stage where Lee had his team in. That, that team, the whole team was his. It not worked. I think, you know, there were rumblings a few years ago of next game, he doesn't win, he's gone. And, you know, all this yeah. sort of thing. You yeah. hear these rumours. And I've no doubt that, that those are the conversations that was talking about between Adam Pearce and Lee Radford. But, you know, with... Gareth, with, can, I, can I stop you and bring no, you back on this? Sorry, no. tough. How tough. We need to have a break. We'll get back to Gareth and talk more about Lee Radford and Hull FC straight after this. Get back chat is available on free sports throughout the season on all of these platforms and you can also catch up via the free sports player by registering for absolutely free welcome back to the final part of this week's rugby league back chat gareth i very rudely interrupted you please carry on with the point you were making oh, i've forgotten what we're going to say now <laughs> forget it Oh, no, all right, we'll, 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 we'll de-mic you now, we'll, we'll, we'll crack on. Uh, go on. <laughs> no, I forgot, I've genuinely forgotten what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> I think we were speaking a little bit about um, the support that that yeah. has had and, and what have you, but, you know, Adam Pearson, he's good for the game, he's good for Hull FC, and Hull FC, if anyone's ever played there, it holds a, a rugby league bubble, you know, and, and the amount of pressure that comes with that, I can only imagine as an owner, head coach, he's, he's probably tenfold of, of, of other places. So you can sort of forgive the reactions of Adam Pearson and, and doing things straight away, you know, to, to appease the, the supporters and, and make sure they're still coming yeah. through the turnstiles and everything else. So, so you know, there's, there's a lot more to it than Adam Pearson just going and doing the wrong thing. You know, there's a lot of, lot of mitigating factors, I think, that, that, have, that have caused this sort of uh, end result. I don't want to give up this cap thing for a minute, though. I'm going to come to you, Will. I can take the point you're making. You tell the coach, these are your players, you get on. You also made the point, there will be a rebuild, there'll be some players mm. brought in. A lot of these players that they've signed on big money are on two, three-year deals. It's not going to be easy for whoever comes in to build their own squad, is it, though? No. And like I said, this is something that happened at Huddersfield, and it took you a while to get out of. See, I get frustrated with this because... It annoys me that we, we talk about coaches and coaches have their systems. They have a set system that they try to fit everybody into. Mm. But by doing that, you have to change so much around you as in so many players and things like that, where if it's just a coach that comes in and adapts to what he's got already and actually tries to work out a better system of using the players that they already have, then surely you've got less to change. But it's about mm. adapting. Mm. And I think in this sport, 
we, we, we focus too much on one coach saying, I've got this system, this is how I play, you all have to fit into this. And I've been a part of that as well. I've been told of how I have to physically change shape just to fit into a system which totally ruined my game, mm -hmm. took everything away from me. Mm -hmm. So what was that? What happened there then? So I basically, we were told to go back to the uh, Bradford days, you know, with the, with the big packs where we're just going to dominate teams. So I had to put loads of weight on, put size on. I was smashing the weights out. I was strong as anything. Felt really good about myself, apart from all massive. I went into the first tackle, ran in, bounced a couple of people off, went on the floor, and I couldn't breathe. I was that tired. I got up, and I couldn't even run around. A few weeks later, I got told I wasn't getting around the pitch quick enough, and I needed to lose weight. Totally took everything away from my game because I was told I needed to change to fit into a system, whereas... I had already, I had a lot of ability, as in I was fairly mobile for a big guy, could offload, offered a lot to a team which could be used within that team. And it worked really well under Nathan Brown, for instance. Mm. I don't understand why we have to bring coaches in that you have to then bring in a load of players to fit into their system where they should adapt to the unbelievably talented players that yeah. are already there. It doesn't make any sense to me. He's made it, I think Gail's nailed that, mm -hmm. absolutely, because Let's take um, let's take St. Helens for example with uh, with Justin Albrook. So uh, similar to the Lee situation, Kieran uh, Cunningham, who, as everyone accepts, was no bigger legend uh, as a player in in that town as probably Kieran was, mm -hmm. and he was a coach. And for whatever reason, it wasn't working out. It must have been a difficult position if you remember at that time for him and Matt Manus might rush to make that decision on Kieran probably similar to what Adam Pearson's gone through with Lee. Um, but they did. But Justin Albrook came in and, and potentially with the exception of one player being Ben Barber, he changed the dynamic of the team. He mm -hmm. and, the, and he was an halfback, as, mm -hmm. and that's why they brought him in around the football side of the, the club. And the rest of it uh, is history. And he didn't change a massive amount of players, which exactly backs up what Earl says. And, yeah. and what I said earlier that you know, you talk about Lee and the players that he signed, and again, being fair, um, he lost Manu Mar after one week. Mm -hmm. He lost Chris Satay through suspension. Mm. He's lost a few players uh, as well that he did bring in that made a difference. He got Albert Kelly suspended, so he did not always have the team that, if people say, on the field mm -hmm. every week. That Again, that's not making excuses, it's just a fact. Mm -hmm. So in effect, is I'm, I, I, I have to say, my time in the game, I back it up Earl 100%. If you're applying for the OLFC job mm -hmm. and you want the OLFC job, you've got a very good team and a very good club. You don't come in after four weeks. I imagine Adam Pearson will have them conversations. Don't come in after four weeks and expect me to use move players on because you've got this man coming in as well mm -hmm. because players have signed for a club. They've relocated the families, they're joining there, and, and whoever comes in as a coach has got to fit, fit around the team. Is, is then the man that all should look for, Ian Watson? Because he's, yeah. had, he's had a huge turnover of Possibly. players and got the best out of nearly everyone. You know, to be totally honest, I agree with both what Steve and Nerva mm -hmm. said. Um, I don't think it's about the players as such. I think the next coach needs to be a motivator. As a player, the best games that I've played are under coaches that I want to play for. You know, we all do the same systems, run the same plays, mm -hmm. defend very similar. Everything, you know, we all know exactly what to do. Now, having somebody that comes in and, and motivates those players, maybe that's why 
Lee Redford's gone, you know, been there, and that's why there's such a short uh, yeah. shelf life for coaches. You know, five years. Do those players then get demotivated and start not putting those one percent efforts in that make all the difference? And a new coach comes along. If he can sort of energize people, you know, John Keir were a great one at yeah. that. He can he can do it throughout the season. You know, Challenge Cup games and things. Yeah. He gets players wanting to run through a wall for him. And that's, I think, what, what needs to happen with the next coach. I think the players are there. Like you say, you, you just get on with mm-hmm. with what you've got. The structures are all going to be the same. I think as well, like, Lee Breers is coaching now. I know he's, he's, he's a bit off being a, a head coach, but having played alongside him, Lee was really clever at using the players around him for what they were good at. Mm. You know, so if someone needed an early ball, mm. he'd make sure they got it. If someone liked to come under and they were really good at that, he'd make sure that happened. You know, he, he, he wasn't going and trying to do everything and I need to put this play on, this play on. He was looking at the person next to him, inside him, wherever. He's really good at that. Do that. You know, and that's the sort of mentality I think that, that the next coach needs to have. As you said, though, as well, again, for Adam, you, you, you've, got, you've got to look who's available. Mm-hmm. You've got to look at the people who's available who's actually going to make, is going to make a real difference to Hull. It's a big, it is a very big decision yeah. for him as a club. Like you've got Kieran... Uh, Pertil and Andy Last. Kieran's got a third degree of experience in mm. his coaching. I imagine Adam will look at uh, and say Kieran could be a candidate. And then you look overseas, and I've seen Craig, Craig Fitzgibbon's name mentioned. Mm-hmm. But you know he he's involved with a, probably the mm. best club in the NRL as an assistant. It's going to take a lot of work from Adam uh, to convince him that potentially Hull is where he needs to be. And so it. It is looking who's available in the game. Would John Keir fancy it? I think John Keir would love to go back to Super League. What is he now, 98, 97? <laughs> I think you'd be a bit nice to him Injustice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he's all right, he's over 100. But no, I think John, John's just a, a, an absolute competitor. He's, 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 he's got a real zest for life, for rugby league, for motivating people. He's very professional. He talks really, really well. I think, yeah, I think he would have another crack at Super League if he, if he was given the opportunity, I do. Um, I think he's like he's liking sort of doing what he's done, he's rebuilt, he's done things, you know. I think at Wakefield he was a bit stifled mm-hmm. um, and he wasn't allowed to, to do exactly what he wanted to do. Um, he's old school, mm-hmm. so maybe, you know, I know a lot of the Islanders, uh, you know, they can, be, they can switch off, they can, they can sort of get a bit sloppy in training. If they're not on their A game, when they are on their A game, they're the best in the world. But when they're not, and when they've just given up a little bit, that's when they're suffering. I think that's a little bit of what we've seen. John Keir doesn't let that happen. You know, mm-hmm. people like him, they don't let that happen. Who I would like to see over there, but again, we're talking overseas and, and he's already involved in the club, is, is Jason Demetrio. Mm-hmm. I, I know him from, from his days at Wakefield. I'm friends with Jason. And, and from what he's done, um, Tyrone McCarthy, Played with him. Uh, I can't remember the the the, the club in Australia that, that he was at, sort of the uh, the Queensland Cup. There, I said he was absolutely amazing. And Tyke, I've got a high opinion mm-hmm. of and a lot of respect for. He's he's, he's he's a clever lad. So to see him over here would would be awesome. Now, unfortunately, I think they've just sort of nicked him away. 
I think if, if there was an opportunity, this opportunity last year, he'd have it'd probably, probably gone for it. Well, time will tell. Uh, Steve, given that we've got you here, we've got to ask you about a few ref-related matters. Yeah. You don't, but you can. Well, I, well, I want to, so I'm going to do I want to ask you first and foremost about the, the post that was uh, on the Total RL forum that was from the partner of a referee mm -hmm. who said that things had got too much, the abuse that they'd received at this particular game, uh, there was, I think, this uh, was it homophobic comments. There was mm -hmm. a wide range of verbal abuse. Um, verbal abuse towards referees isn't new, mm -hmm. but it seems to me that it's getting worse. Mm -hmm. uh, even from you know when you were refing, they probably had a reason to shout at you. Yeah. But anyway, uh, what's what's your take on this at the minute? Is it becoming a a bigger problem than ever for the game? Yeah, it's a problem. Um, I'll give you an example. This um, this week, I've just had some details from the Yorkshire Junior League. It's been going three weeks. There's brawls, uh, referee abuse, um, club managers, touchline managers who can't take care of their own own spectators. Now mind the referees look after the game, so it's huge. What it does ongoing is it affects recruitment. It affects recruitment at the, at the grassroots. So this year alone, we've recruited 72 officials mm -hmm. from the beginning of the year. Uh, that's running courses in, in Salford, Wigan, uh, down in the forces, etc. Now, but what happens is you can recruit them, but you've got to be able to retain them. That's the first start of continuing the player, like the player pathways, just continue the pyramid. And what happens is the environments for referees to develop and get better have got to be good you've got to be a good environment same for the players it has to be a good environment to get to get the players and and everything to be right for them so some of these people go into these leagues for example and some of them are young some of them have just said i'll have a go at refereeing and see what and they're actually put off by the environment so automatically after a few months they go this ain't for me if we can get them past the initial stages and, and, and some of them have the resilience and maturity and all types of things and experiences as ex-players, etc. to cope with some of it, some of them don't. So we naturally lose a, a percentage. And then the level, the level of abuse that you talk around, um, you know, the, the game, it, is, it does get worse. It's not just rugby league, it's a society issue. It's not just you know, but let's not get carried away. There's always been an amount, but it is it is worse in a lot of walks of life. Whether you're a school teacher, whether you're a policeman, wherever it is, it's worse. So we accept that. That doesn't mean it's right. Um, you wrote the game. You, you said the game's full of uh, excuses. I think you wrote it yeah, in one of your yeah, pieces. Yeah. There's always an excuse. Blame There's always a blame culture. Yeah. Well, one of the biggest blame cultures in the game is let's blame the ref. And rugby league, and we're in this period of time now, how much we love this game and how much we're going to miss it for this period of time. But one thing that happens, and has happened as long as I've been involved in it, is there's a blame culture. So whenever a team loses, one of the easiest things to do is blame the referee. Unfortunately, you take Super League, for example, six teams will lose every week. Mm -hmm. If not a draw, you throw a draw in there every now and then. But the first person often to go to is to blame, is to blame the referee. Now, I've seen plenty of scores at the beginning of this season where teams have scored zero points or four points and been beat by 40 and 50. 
Now I, you know, with the best will in the world, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, now, oh, this call went against us in the 12th minute. It changed well, the Well, here's, here's one of the calls. Yeah. I've, got, I've only got two minutes. So I want to rattle through a few things. A lot of people are saying the play of the ball. So there's yeah. been the thing about changing the play of the ball. And some say, oh, it's inconsistent. Sometimes they do pull it up. Sometimes they don't. Are you happy with the way that that's been officiated since it's come in? Yeah, well, Gareth was on the committee. Yeah. He was on the same committee. It was not. Again, we, that went through a great degree of consultation did, yeah, yeah. with a lot of people, including uh, Super League CEOs, the Laws Committee, the RFL, Gareth Players Manager, Paul Sculthorpe. The names go on. It went yeah. into a lot of debate. And one of the points that we got to, there, there is a misconception that every ball... In the NRL, it's played by the foot. It's not. It's not, mm. as you say. We took the policy from the NRL discussion, which players must make a genuine attempt to play the ball. Now, what you've got to ask, one of the things that were discussed in the Laws Committee is, is the biggest thing in rugby league, do you want referees to go out and blow 30 penalties because they miss it by that much with a foot? Does the game need that? Or does the game need a fluid... Mm -hmm. I entertaining ball in play sport, talking about the players, not talking about the referee, or he's just missed it by that much. Mm -hmm. What we then ruled on was we were saying players in possession of the ball have a duty of care. This cheating that went on last yeah. year, or mm -hmm. gamesmanship, whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it, we got rid of. Now, if players want to place the ball around the man or fall over or push forward and push the markers out, there's a way to deal with that now. The ball's real lost. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I think if you look at the games and you look at some of the players, I think there's been a, a fair degree of real um, cooperation <laughs> and improvement. Yeah. Gareth was one of the ones on the committee, weren't you? We're, yeah, yeah. we're fairly damning about the start. Oh, yeah. Gareth, I'm going to have to cut you out again because we've run out of what time. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll have to get you on another way to talk. Sorry, gents. I'd love to have spoken. Genuinely, I'm not I am. I am because we've got loads no, that we I'm could have spoke about. Me. But we're going to have to wrap up. Thanks to my guests as ever. We'll hopefully be back next week. In the meantime, goodbye. <laughs>